Holman, if you don't mind, I need to start the show with a quick phone call. Hello? Hey, Matt Gamble. This is Lightning and Holman from the uh, Truck Show podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with us. It's a, it's a podcast that talks about trucks and... Also headlights. And, and headlights. There's a vicious rumor going on that Lightning achieved a next level of something in your presence. So I want you to tell the world How what, happened, what happened last night on the way home as we were carpooling down the 605 South. What did I achieve? You you had to, to clean up a bit in the car from excitement. That's disgusting. As you un, unghosted a ghost car? Is that what re- resurrected? Unghosted a ghost car. That's right. an interesting way of saying that. We roll up on a, I don't know what it was, like a Nissan Juke or something. In your excitement, you have no idea. I don't recall. Do you recall what it was, Matt? Uh, new cars all look the same to me. Yeah, you know, he's a he's an old, a vintage car guy. From a distance, we see this car. Of course, it's got the taillights out. How were you able to see it? Uh, it was just after dark, so there was some uh, ambient light, just okay. a little, just a little enough residual to see sunlight it. left in the that, in the world. Exactly. Yes. He's like he's like that kid from the Sixth Sense. He just picks those things out from like a mile away. <laughs> For me, my superpower is I can sense when there's a police car around. For lightning, it's somebody doesn't have their lights on. We see it, and we roll up, and we're in the carpool lane. I think we're in the carpool lane or the fast lane, and I roll my window down. This story is oh, no, all- no, stop. Wait, wait, this wait, story wait, wait. is already falling apart. No, 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 no. You no, don't no. know what kind of car it is. The time of day is suspect. You've claimed that that you've seen the ghost car, <laughs> Oh, but there's ambient light, so maybe it wasn't even time for the headlights, and you don't know what lane you're in. I don't believe any of this. I feel like you're fabricating this story and bringing Matt Gamble in. Did you put? Did you pull up to Matt Gamble's house in a rendition van and throw a pillowcase over his head and tell him that you're coming along on the story because I need you to be a third-party witness? Because I'm telling you right now, if we were in court, you would be dismissed immediately. Okay, all right. Matt, I'm going to shut up. You, what's, you what's, tell. Uh, what's give, the term that everyone breakdown. likes these days? You're, you're gaslighting everyone. I feel like he's <laughs> gaslighting us with headlamps. Hold on a second. Matt, you tell Holman what went down. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to corroborate the story here. And, and, and remember, the rule is believe half of what you see and none of what you hear. <laughs> well, considering this is an audio-only podcast, that tells me exactly where I'm going to really be. work, right? Well, yeah, for this for you, yeah. Jay spots this car. We are we are confirmed in the carpool lane from a distance. Does that car have its lights off? Is there a car there? Yes, there is. We roll up on it, and I've got fancy new LED headlights in my old station wagon. Flash the headlights at him. And then roll up. Jay rolls down the window, crank windows, and starts making. I don't know what the hand motions were. Why I don't know how to describe those. Yeah. Well, first the person was completely shocked that a old station wagon pulled up next to him. Secondly, he was shocked at the man communicating from the passenger seat who was still rolling down the windows after about 30 seconds. Hold on! I have to roll down the window so you can hear me yell at you. Little bit of that. What was the approximate speed? Uh, the, what's the 70 miles per hour, officer? This was at speed. <laughs> yeah, at speed. Okay. Oh, at speed. All right. Roll down the window. I make some hand, hand gestures. gestures. Yeah. Guy, guy looks over, and I would say no more than two seconds later, illumination. Which is probably. Yes! Which is probably like eight hand gestures from lightning because yes! he's so amped up on freaking monster at the moment. 
I listen. Yeah, he, needs that, he needs that taurine. All right, you get that taurine into him. All I know is Matt Gamble is about 50% more believable than Lightning. Mm. So I'm going to allow it for the sake of this show and for entertainment value, although there's always going to be lingering doubts in the back of my mind. No, it's true, all of it. I was as shocked as you were. I I was like, is that, that's got to be the first time that he's ever successfully unghosted a car. At least uh, with any witnesses, because if you believe him, he's the uh, number one unghoster in America. Mm. I take uh, took great pride in that episode right there. Uh huh. Yeah. It was I was fulfilling. Yeah. I mean, it was so much I couldn't couldn't wait to get you on the show to talk about it. All right, Matt Gamble, you're the best, and uh, good luck with and that. And uh, also LS, the worst. And good luck with that LS hybrid program you're trying to hatch at Banks. All right, we'll talk. Oh, hey, oh, wait, what? <laughs> hey, hey, Matt Gamble, hold on, hold on. Hey, uh, so Lightning brings up this thing, and he's like, "But Matt doesn't." I don't have know a, what they're talking right, about. I don't, don't just that's why I said the thing, and he said that the thing doesn't have a home. And I said, well, there's a pretty nice old pickup truck that's a different make that could really piss people off sitting under a car cover in your warehouse. You'd be more than uh, happy uh, or welcome to uh, to use for such things. Just saying. All right, Matt Campbell, talk to you later. Hey, hey there. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Uh, just hung up on him. Oh, well, that sucks for him. Hey, uh, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to episode 20, I don't know, 6 of the Truck Show podcast. And uh, this is Holman speaking. We're uh, high into the 200s. I think we're like a 280... Did seven-ish, you, somewhere around that there? That doesn't matter. Season 2, episode 26. By the way, did you see what I did there? I said, this is Holman speaking. Did you, I, that was me starting it's the show the way you now. do. No, I was just being you for a moment. I think it's cool. <sighs> I'm anyway. So, so I don't... I, I have a question for you, a legitimate question. Oh, okay. Are your arms tired? Because I've been flying all day? Yes. I flew to a place, and then I spent time in that place doing cool things, and I flew home today, and I said, hey, um, I'm going to be landing in Long Beach at 5 o'clock. What time are you meeting me at the podcast studio? And you said, what? Yeah. I did not realize that we were doing one tonight. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Because you're going on vacation, and then I'm going on vacation, so- we're taking care of our podcast listener to make sure there's no uh, interruption in service, if you will. I will say that in just shy of six years, uh-huh. we have only missed two weeks. So earlier today, one of our IT guys comes into my office and he knows I'm the keeper of all the gear. And he says, you do a podcast, right? Yes. And uh, he says, well, a friend of mine's thinking about doing a podcast. I hope you told and- him that if you want free advice, you better subscribe and leave a five-star review right now. He actually... One- he does apparently listen. He's listened okay. to some of the Truck Show right, podcast. I and I said, what's the content? He told me it was some, it was, I don't know, it was IT related or something, whatever. And I said, tell your friend, before I give any advice about equipment or any of that stuff, tell your friend, can she do something every single week for the next five years? Yep. Once a week or more, every well, week for the next five bi-weekly years. Or bi-weekly or whatever. Whatever your schedule happens to can be. Can you do it you for do it a really long time yeah. consistently? No matter what. And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, <laughs> that's the only way to build an audience. Yeah. Unless you're doing it for like, you're going to make a piece of audio that's going to go to like company employees and it's not supposed to go to the world. That's different. That's or one Or it's just off. you doing your manifesto and you don't expect anybody to listen to it anyway. That's exactly. And some people do that. They just want to talk into a microphone and be recorded for posterity. If you're trying to build an audience, I go, dude, you need to tell her she's got to get committed. 
Anyway, so he said, all right, well. Committed to an insane asylum? Because both. sometimes that's how I feel. Both, yeah. So I said, when she gives you the green light, I'll tell you what gear to buy. All right. I think that makes sense. So tell uh, me We about, have an old board, by the way, that you can gift them if they would like our old uh, I board. I was, okay. You might be able I to make some ha- cash. I will, okay. Well, it's just sitting in the garage. I so. forgot that you had that. We have that. We have okay. some other equipment, This is probably too. not good for the listeners. All right. Well, we're going to move on to why I was gone. I was uh, in uh, St. George, Utah, driving the uh, the all-new Wrangler 24JL update. and uh, I With can't, the smaller grill? I mean, the I would say redesigned grill. It's not okay. smaller. It's, oh, we'll get to that. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So anyway, I, I just got back, and so we've got an uh, interview with our uh, listener and friend of the show, Jim Morrison, and uh, there's a few little lightning nuggets in there for you. Oh, no. So, uh, no. Why do, you, why do you worry when somebody talks about you? Because it's you. No, I said Jim had something for you. So... All right. Interesting. I'm, I'm curious. But Jim is so close to you that he might insult me. I mean, he might. It would be funny <laughs> if he did. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, Lighting. Did Were you, you about to say, did I hear? <laughs> yeah, I was say, did you hear? <laughs> no. No! No! No. Oh, boy. This could be one of those punchy no. episodes, isn't it? No. No. Mm-mm. I mean, no. No! Oh, no. No! No! No. What? No. 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 I mean, no. 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 No, 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 no. Want to do a show? Yes, I'm waiting for you. Well, why are you waiting for me? You were mid-sentence before I interrupted you. Well, just, <laughs> just. All right, hey, we got to thank Nissan for uh, being our presenting sponsor. If you are in the market for a pickup truck, either a midsize or a full-size truck, you look at the Frontier or the Nissan Titan or Titan XT, head on down to your local Nissan dealership or go to Nissan USA where you can build and price a durable, dependable, reliable, rugged, awesome Truck with a lot of value and a lot of features, NissanUSA.com. And word on the street is one Mr. Sean P. Holman had a chance to test drive his 392 featuring a Banks Pedal Monster and iDash, which I would like to hear more about later. Okay, we can do that. Yeah, so uh, if you uh, need some extra data like I wanted, there's really only one game in town, and that's the uh, the iDash. But you can also uh, attach that to a Pedal Monster and find out that track 30 is a horrible idea. <laughs> um, well, wait, you're turning him off the product. <laughs> well, well, what about City 3? City 3 is much better. more your style? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, track three almost did a wheelie, so I'm like, okay, that's that's aggressive. <laughs> okay, so what he's talking about is the pedal monster. It's the world's most it's the world's most advanced throttle controller I think ever made. From sports cars to full-size diesel pickup trucks and everything in between, if you've got throttle lag, check out the Pedal Monster at bankspower.com. And it's going to be uh, summertime, so uh, I know a lot of people are planning their next adventure, and uh, if you want to have an idea of where to go or how to get there, head over to onyxmaps.com or to the Apple App Store or Google Play Store where you can download the Onyx app. It's the best map app for adventurers. You can go farther with confidence with 650,000 plus miles of open trails, 60,000 plus campgrounds and cabins. It's the most trusted off-roading app where you can discover off-road trails, save maps for offline use, track, save, and share trips. You can have access to public and private land info, customize your maps with markups and waypoints, sync with CarPlay and Android Auto, and of course, plan your trip with the new route building feature and lightning 
How can they uh, get themselves a little Onyx action? You go to onyxmaps.com and you use the code FREEDOM30 for 30% off. It ends on 4th of July, so do it right now. I think as you're listening to this, tomorrow, I think tomorrow it's, it, 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 it's, it's over. So please go to onyxmaps.com and use FREEDOM30 at checkout for 30% off the best map app and make sure you sign up for the Elite Membership tier, which not only includes the land ownership information, but also provides Elite Membership benefits to over 20 different companies and even a free subscription to OVR Mag. So, again, that's uh, onyxmaps.com. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman all right so you were where and spoke to who when uh, I was in St. George, Utah, in uh, the amazing uh, state park, one of the most amazing state parks in the entire country for off-roading, called Sand Hollow. And I was talking to uh, the head of Jeep North America, Jim Morrison. Oh, so this is a Jeep review. Yeah, rolling golden dragon truck nuts. I don't know that you would ever put truck nuts on a Jeep, but that's just me. All right, back again inside a uh, another Jeep with a uh, friend of the show, Jim Morrison, who uh, happens to be a fairly important guy. I guess your current title is Vice President of Jeep North America? Yeah. Is that right? Well, sort of right. <laughs> I, there's, it's a little different, but that's good enough. I'm just Jim from Jeep. Why didn't you get someone actually heavy? You know what I'm saying? That's so lightweight, VP of Jeep North America. Yeah, he just runs the whole like North American arm of Jeep. That's all he's... <laughs> doing yeah jim from jeep all right so we got jim from uh, jeep back and we're sitting in uh and sorry lighting the car's running the ac's on because it's uh 93 degrees outside so we're in the new 24 jl wrangler and we just uh spent the day off-roading in this thing and the whole lineup so a lot of changes for 24 the obvious ones are going to be the grill i think that's the probably the easiest one 10 new wheel designs uh, you've simplified the lineup. No more e-torque engines. So now the hybrid is the 4xe with the 2-liter turbo. Or you can get the regular 2-liter turbo, the 3.6. When did they officially end the e-torque? Uh, well, now, I guess. So 24 is not going to have any e-torque because e-torque was a mild hybrid that was sort of the stopgap until the real hybrids came. And now that 4xe is selling some, you know, amazing amount it's the number one plug-in hybrid in north america two guys in my office have them yeah i mean they're just they're selling like crazy uh and i've got one in the driveway here but in the grand cherokee why have the complication of a mild hybrid so no longer uh in the mix for 24 and of course we still have a 392 yeah of course lots of choice for our customers on the powertrain side and then um you know we've completely upped the game with uh capability with technology um we've upped the game with safety even crammed some airbags into the sport bar and then one of the unexpected things we've done is we keep making this thing even more refined but uh of course it's a wrangler so you gotta start talking about capability first all right so from a capability standpoint uh you now have the rubicon x package 
which takes the regular Rubicon and overlays steel bumpers, the 35, so kind of like what the XR package used to be. The 392 automatically gets 35s now, and you now have the option for 8,000 pound worn winch from the factory that's been crash tested and everything ready to go on it. Uh, you also went to a full float Dana 44 rear axle, which upped your towing from 35 to 5,000 pounds, which that's a pretty big deal for the Wrangler uh, crowd. It is. You know, both the um, the full float from a capability and a customization standpoint, and by the fact that uh, the way that uh, that layout lets us up the uh, trailer tow to 5,000. So combination of, of great off-road tech, great customization tech, and uh, and towing. So I don't know if you got a chance to tow that Airstream today, but it was pretty cool. 5,000 pounds yeah. is, uh, you know, it's a pretty big trailer, and, and uh, you know, now Wrangler can do it without breaking a sweat. Yep, which is, uh, which is awesome. So... The other things to talk about from a capability standpoint is when we look at the 4xe, uh, 4xe now has off-road plus, which is uh, great for uh, in high range sand mode, uh, basically defaults to the engine, uh, to the ice side of things for more immediate throttle response, and it actually keeps charging the battery in the background so that you still have electricity left for the battery side if you want to go on the trail, and then you've got the off-road plus and 4 low which gets you a, a bias toward the electric side of things and rock crawl, but you still have all the lovely benefits of Offroad Plus anyway, which is, you know, um, traction control, rear locker, all that kind of stuff being, you know, dead in pedal for crawling. And I had a chance to play with it in the new 4xe with the new low range. What do you think? Do you like it? It was really the crawl good. crawl control is really good, isn't it? So I put it in select track yep. and I put it in first gear yep. and I put in off-road plus. Because you can do manual now. Yes, yeah, you can do manual with the 4xe, which you couldn't do before. Yep. And I had it in uh, electric mode. Yes. And the guy in front of me was kind of chirping his tires, novice driver, a little bit too much throttle. And then I came right behind him, walked up, you didn't hear the tire chirp once. And it was on this kind of ledgy side slope. And one of the things I will commend Jeep on is you guys never hold back when it comes to immediate drive off-road. Yes. A lot of manufacturers don't want journalists driving on something that's going to be lifting wheels and things like that, yet here Jeep is doing that exact thing and showing people just how capable these vehicles are. No, thanks for noticing that because, you know, we say we've made this more capable. We have to prove it. You know, we don't just say it and then hope. We prove it. And you saw it in the engineering videos. They live out here at San Hollow. They live in Moab. They've done the Rubicon Trail with this thing. They understand the limits of it, and we push right to the limits. And you guys get the message out, and that's part of what makes Wrangler cool, is people know this thing can be taken. And I'll add, uh, you know, we were on rock rails, scraping skid plates, lifting tires. They were driving on V-notches. You're basically driving on your sidewalls with a V-notch, and if you were to fall in that notch, the thing would be on its side. That's how Jeep is when you go on a media drive. Like, they're actually doing off-roading, like, Does anyone ever forward. do that? Do they fall on their side and, like, no, dust the mirror and all no, that? No, they've got, I mean, they've got great spotters, and the vehicles are capable, so as long as you pay attention to the spotter, you're fine. It's just a matter of not freaking out and be like, oh, and stabbing the brakes or doing something. But, I mean, they're you're unloading the rear, lifting tires and smashing all that weight into that front axle coming down with the wheels turned. I mean, this is like real stuff. It, it's, it's you know, not a lot of manufacturers are willing to put their vehicles in a situation in the sometimes the lowest common denominator of driver's hands and experience that's going to cause body damage. And, I mean, every one of those vehicles probably is going to have to get, you know, skid plates replaced and rock rails and all that. But body's fine. Fenders are fine. You know, if you scuffed wheels... But they're fine with that because they want you to see what the vehicles can do. So, Do you think uh, any of the drivers that were out there testing with you were left embarrassed? 
No, no, it's not like that. Uh, it's nobody laughs at anybody else or puts anybody else's down because they're skilled. No, level. no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I don't mean that. Like, no. embarrassed, like they're the ones that no. chunked no, just, a rim, yeah, you know? All, it's just part of it, you know? If you, you were on a racetrack and you spun it out and hit a bunch of cones, yeah, you'd be embarrassed. Or if you were on, you know, flat ground and somehow flopped it on its side, that'd be embarrassing. But no, I mean, just scraping some wheels and using the skid plates, that's part of why they have skid plates. That's part of why the 392, for example, or, or the 35 package has beauty rings on top of the wheels because you just replace a ring and then you can keep wheeling your wheels look good. Well, you said it earlier. One of the things that you do every time you touch a, a refresh, especially on Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, is you always add capability to the mix. You always figure out. Now you have a 34-inch fording with the 35 package. You've got, you know, all. I think here's the thing: is even if you're not going to use all that, for the average consumer, there's so much overhead that's going to keep the vehicle durable off-road that you've built into the package. And for those who want to modify, it's a really good foundation. So for a guy like me. I get to build upon what you're making, whereas a lot of customers may say this is more than I'll ever need, which is great because they're not have to you know going to worry about things breaking off road or or things like that. Four by E, get some changes. It's great. Uh, Three ninety two still around. You got the winch. You got the full float axle. But then we get into technology, and the way I'm approaching this is. It's the JL you loved, and maybe the things that you didn't love before have been fixed and made better. So it's a it's the JL only better, I guess is kind of what it is, right? Yeah, and we solved it with technology, and we added in a few uh, creature comforts to, uh, you know, to really um, make it a no compromise vehicle. We didn't change anything that makes Wrangler cool with capability. You know, it's it's still a brick. You know, we didn't we didn't change the windshield angle. We didn't dull it down. It's still a very capable, and like you said, we made it more capable for this go around. Um, but we added in some some more tech, and I think the the coolest one we're sitting here looking at is yep. UConnect Five, which is now a twelve point three inch um, UConnect. You, you actually were part of the design of this the very first time wait, I saw. Wait, wait, wait. Your... How do they fit a twelve inch screen in a JL? It's awesome. So it's this is a landscape mode, and so I explained it ah. in there. It's about the ratios somewhere around like three to one, which is great when you're looking at maps. And I travel east to west a lot, mm-hmm. and I always feel like I run out of screen to see like my destination, and that's in there in in, in bright uh, colors. But yeah, it's uh, it it actually is integrated really well, and the screen is really incredible. So. You actually were part of the design of this the very first time I saw your iPad plastered, <laughs> you know, and, uh, well, and I, you were running Onyx off of yes. the... And uh, I noticed that you have brought that up both in the virtual briefing and in the media briefing about people who run their iPads on their Jeep Dash. I'm like, yep. hey, I hear you. I yes. see you. Yes. <laughs> but that's right. I, I run my iPad. Well, and the maps, software. the maps have become so good. They, yep. they guide you know, our customers, and that's why... You know, we, we partner with Trails Off-Road, and we embed them now in the in the radio head. So you can go, we'll do it here just for fun. You know, we'll go to um, our dashboard. You pick up um, Adventure Guides. You can go to it and, and find everything you're looking for. We can actually pull it up, look at the, the, um, the map, and design your trip around what you're looking for. You can see the difficulty of the trail. You can see, you know, some of the, the waypoints. Over-the-air updates with live uh, trail yes. uh, reviews or up-to-date trail conditions. And then you guys are offering 200 trails with the basic vehicle for 24 months. And then that includes all the Badge of Honor trails. But for thirty nine ninety five, you can get 3,000 trails for the subscription through them. And that will automatically uh, populate inside your head unit 
and it'll also show you things like where charging stations are near the trail if you have a 4xe and just a lot of really cool information that comes and you can even make your own waypoints in your jeep system or be able to track a route through your jeep head unit more importantly it's just great integration you know with within the jeep so um it's it's great technology that's it's not just a big radio it's actually useful for something you can show pitch and roll um you can show the uh, the forward camera you can show the um the, the off-road pages all of the stuff that uh you know you, you really want to uh in in a uh, in a very capable machine it's off-road hardware hard at work the best thing is with this whole thing is um, it does it with clarity that you can't I was just going to say so two things about the screen so it's a 12.3 inch screen but it is a landscape mode and it's kind of you know wider by a lot it's probably for every one wide it's probably three or uh, three three wide for every one tall right it's probably the aspect ratio or something like that but what it allows you to do is view customize your screen view multiple things but two things about the screen the clarity of the cameras is almost like an HD video and it's so bright that even with the tops off in direct sunlight, you can still see the screen, which is something that's huge for, for a vehicle that is going to you know, rely on a screen this big to access so many functions. But aside from that, you didn't bury everything in the screen. We still have a lot of hard physical controls, which is something really important to off-roaders because you're bouncing around on rough. So I'm talking about the screens, and I do a lot because I just I love infotainment. I don't know. It's my thing. You guys know I geek out on that. And I have been really pleased with the screen, and it started before I had my truck when I was borrowing our Ram 3500 at work, and it had the Uconnect 4. And I was always surprised how – you always talk about Inky Blacks, right? And it was really good quality video yep. especially with the cameras and this oh, is again for like, an, in a the cameras truck. are incredible on the on the jl i drive our fords and the gm the fords the fords have gotten better the gm's still behind a little bit i think uh, i don't know about the refresh models i think the screens are good but the camera quality isn't as good when i really noticed it and this is what brought it up when i retract my i've got the uh, full moon roof like the whole roof of my truck is glass on a bright sunny day at noon when it's straight overhead, I can retract that and still see the monitor and it's clear. I was, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just impressed with it. Then you would be uh, really impressed with the uh, one in the new Wrangler because it is really awesome. And, and I'll tell you, the new dash is gorgeous. I think the in implementation of the screen is really well done and um, it's it looks like the JL, but the center stack is changed with this cantilever screen. The bottom part is similar, but it's now wrapped all in fabric. You've got a different stereo system. You've got this really cool screen. The soft top still, freedom panels. You've got the one-touch sky if you want to go that route. There's lots of ways to have your Jeep configured. It's still very modular. And then like you added earlier, uh, now above your head on the roll bar, or sport bar, excuse me, are the uh, side impact airbags. And so those airbags are now going to help with uh, side impact. And you also change some structure in the door. So there's definitely some structural upgrades as well to, uh, to the JL. Yeah, side air, side curtain airbags front and back, you know, for uh, for safety. I can say I've I've had I've had a, a Jeep upside down and it's it's not fun. No, um, I, and, I remember that. <laughs> you know, it's nice to have safety as standard. The uh, twelve point three inch Uconnect Five is standard as well, 
And I think one of my favorites. Well, that's that we important added, to note. There is no small radio. So it used right. to be the five inch, yep. and then the seven, seven inch, and, and then the eight point four. Yep. Everybody gets this beautiful new screen, and the quality is the same no matter what trim you get. Exactly. And the uh, the other thing we did was, um, again, without changing anything, you know, this still is um, a brick on the highway. So it's you know sometimes it's been hard to, to hear. One of our customers' complaints were they needed to be able to talk on the phone yeah. uh, with more clarity. So there's actually seven microphones in here. It's an array, they call it. Um, and this particular one, uh, on the top trends, we also have quiet cabin. So we've gone with extra lamination in the glass and extra uh, insulation in the floors and in the uh, in the firewall. And they also have foam in the windshield header itself, right? To quiet it right down. So yeah. you can talk on the phone now at, uh, at 70 or 80 miles an hour to your wife. No problem. And no complaints. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I don't even know you're in a Wrangler. That's, that's you know, when you've won. Uh, when somebody on the other end of the line doesn't know you're in a Wrangler, and and, and I think that's are you out having fun in your Wrangler? No, I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was some hard engineering, um, and and it worked out good. So you know, we we like to say no more compromise in your Wrangler, and that's one of the biggest ways to do it. That and the, uh, and power, the power seats. seats. Okay, so the power seats are one of those things that you guys, especially you, really kind of vacillated over you, you you had a little bit of uh, hesitation in the team as is that authentic wrangler but you yes. also know how people are using it especially on sahara trims and you know trims that have you know the body colored everything to kind of look gave that little you know g-wagon kind of upscale look those are buyers that demand power seats so you came to the compromise of we're going to do power seats but we have to do it in a jeep way and that jeep way is by completely waterproofing the mechanism so if your doors are off and 34 inches of water you can flood the floorboards and your power seats are fine and if it's raining if it's mud no problem your power seats will still work yes and you know people will say hey it's 2024 like what are you talking about <laughs> putting power seats that's kind of like yeah. 80s technology or 70s yeah. technology but you know every jeep needs to be trail rated and water fording is one of those hallmarks and we couldn't you know oh take the trail rate of badge off it gets if it gets power seats then you've destroyed wrangler <laughs> yeah, so right. it is actually hard engineering i remember having the the debate with uh, ray durham on the trail yeah. we were doing the rubicon in 2013 and we had the debate then and we held off we've asked our customers do you want it and they're like ah who cares whatever but here's the thing i was sold I was doing the video out in Moab, Reister Jeep, just ahead of, of when we went and introduced the thing in uh, New York, and I was I was on about a 50 degree incline, and I was parked, and I was waiting to you know for another and take. And you can't scoop your seat up, right? Yeah, and you're like <laughs> you, you're all you yeah. can. So I was thinking in the in the past you'd never reach down and try no. to adjust your seat because right? <laughs> no. next thing you know you're in the back. Yeah, seat you get your foot's off the brake. And, and, yeah. you know, it's really right. bad. But you just reach down, touch it. You could do micro adjustments. Yeah. So it, it, that is is really so. It's, so it's it actually does comforts. help wheeling in, in addition to being a yeah. you know a, feet, a function. So a couple other little things. Um, so I'm torn about this one. I know it's a big deal. You guys love it. It's less noise and blah 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 blah. But you put the antenna in the windshield glass, and there's yes. no more there's no more antenna whip, and it's old technology. But I will tell you. Off-roading, the antenna whip is nice because, especially parking structures, when you have a lifted Jeep, you know where the roof is, and if your antenna's not hitting, you're fine. But, but I get it. Uh, so now you have trail rated on both fenders of the Jeep, which is super cool. I want to go back real quick to Wheelies, and so yes. that's the base model wheeling package that you have, and now you're putting the high fenders on the Wheelies, so the capability is there to put a bigger tire. It comes with a 33 
from the factory. Thirty-three KO two. Yep. And a rear locker. Yeah. All standard Willys out of the sh- out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, Thirty-nine nine ninety-five. We still held the entry level price mm-hmm. for the for the entry level wheeler, and um, you know all of the gear that you want. So it gets a full screen, a locker, bigger wheels, and you can take that thing anywhere. Is there anything else that I'm missing? You know, I think maybe just the overall integration. What do you yeah. think of it? Like, it, you you spent more time in a jail than anybody I know. Yeah. Right. So, and you're always pushing to the limits. You're you're one of our our biggest advocates and our toughest critics because you always know where the limits are. Right. What do you think of this new integration? I I, I was actually really impressed. I think the uh, the ride quality is even better. Everything, the, the way the vehicle feels on the highway, especially with the sound deadening now, it takes the edge off of you know some of the wind noise that used to be there. The cabin's just a lot nicer to be in. You don't have as much of an echo when you're in it. And the way it drives, the way the steering feels, the way the 4xe, especially the 4xe off-road, like I, I'm pretty tuned into how a 392 feels. There weren't a lot of changes on the 392 outside of the regular 24 changes, but you did some changes on the 4xe to affect how it really wheels, especially in, in low range or sand modes in uh, off-road plus high, and those were very noticeable. And when we, you had taken me out a while back to help the team calibrate the throttle on a 4xe Grand Cherokee, and one of the things we talked about is being able to be in electric mode and make it up a ledge and lift without the vehicle losing momentum and rolling backwards because when in EV mode, you don't have a hydraulic torque converter pushing against the drivetrain to keep it. And so I, I could feel a lot of the work that went into where Grand Cherokee 4xE was that you brought into the 24 4 yeah. e and you can tell off-road just how much more seamless and how much more that worked. And I thought that was a really nice integration. 4xE to me is even more impressive than it was before. And the fact that you're able to have your cake and eat it too, both drivetrains and, and go between, you know, it's, it's really, really impressive off-road. Yeah, thanks for noticing that because you're right, we did read that over. And uh, a lot of those uh, Grand Cherokee engineers help with this. Um, and it, for me, it's really two things. 4xE um, is is great for the new consumer that's coming in, especially now that you look at our adventure guides, plan your trip. You know, you can you can enter a trail and know what the what the hardest part of that trail is before you enter in, so you don't panic. You know, not knowing what you're getting yourself into. Um, you can follow the the trail. You know, and uh, follow the trail cams, you know, on, on your on your big screen now, which is fantastic. Um, so it's great for the entry level wheelers, but it's also the uh, what a lot of the uh, the hardcore fi- folks are drawn to now um, because it is such a good extreme wheeler too. So four by E's got both extremes right now, and you know we've said it's the the next generation of of off roading, and America is going towards more electric, and whether you like it or not, um, it's going there. But we're not even really in that, right? Because we've yeah. got we've got the two extremes. Our customers yeah. can choose. You want a 392 V8? We got it. You want America's best-selling plug-in hybrid and a Wrangler? You got it. Which still yeah. is amazing to me. It's well, like you gave people yeah. permission to go have a Wrangler. Yes. Well, and the nice thing is too. I mean, the competition didn't see that coming, right? So yeah. it was kind of neat. The uh, everyone thought it would be, you know, from maybe an import to do that. But it's a really good Jeep. Yeah. And combination of having a really good Jeep. And uh, and that electric, it's just the next evolution of four by four technology. So, and I can vouch for the four by e platform or the drivetrain. We have that in our Grand Cherokee, as I've mentioned on the on the show. It's my wife's car, and we have you know over ten thousand miles on it now. 
we haven't had any, any issues with it and she drives that every day we plug it in every night she goes and does her commuting and it's even more fun in a wrangler because you have the wrangler level of off-road capability with it you know even had one of the journalists tell me today that you know they were wondering how frequently our customers were plugging in almost well it's not over 90 percent yeah we're doing people literally daily and it almost becomes a bit of a video game yeah. you know type of thing it's like so want to see how far you can go without using any gas we've got the app that tells so i have it set up in my wife's car to only charge after 9 30 so that way it is off peak yes right so i get a text alert every night at 9 30 yep. that says your grand cherokee has started charging well if that doesn't happen I know my wife forgot to plug in and it's going to be my fault that I didn't remember to plug it in for her. So I go out and plug it in. I mean, we literally shouldn't you do that plug a little earlier night. so you get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah. she'll get she'll get home at 5 or 6 and, and not leave the house. So she plugs yeah. in when she gets home. Yeah. And it just sits there until 9:30 comes and then it starts charging off peak hours and it's ready for her in the morning. So uh, I mean, living with a 4xE has has been fantastic. I I we took a a little bit of a flyer on it. For me, my use case didn't demand for by e but her use case did and so we decided well let's try it let's see if this is something that works for our family and she was filling up gas every six days before in her wk uh two in her last grand cherokee and now she fills up about once every let's say 18 to 22 days perfect and we're filling up you know we're plugging in the rest of the time and she'll go to work and be on hybrid modes all sometimes all electric on days she doesn't have site visits and things like that, and she'll be on EV to work and back because you get 25 miles, and her work is about 11 miles away. Oh, so she's perfect. She's going to go the perfect use case for us. Gas mode. Yeah, perfect. So I think uh, that, uh, and then I also want to bring up on 4xE, you guys are adding for 24 the uh, the power box. Yes. Uh, which you can plug into the port, and then you can run laptops. There's two 15 amp fuses, so you can have uh, there's four you know, you know uh, AC style plugs on that. Uh, and then you're also allowing charging to go out as well from the battery to uh, like run your house like a generator, things like that, or a campsite or, or whatnot. Yeah, that's the neat thing is you can plug it in and just run the battery and battery to, to uh, plug and run your campsite or like we did today in the middle. of. Do any of these outputs have uh, 220? Do you know? Uh, I think they're all 110. 110? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a, it's a little box that plugs into the charging port and it converts outbound power so you can do your laptop. They ran a TV at the this we were kind of remote in this little, you know, area around the rocks and they were running the TVs and the computers off of it a 4xE park there which was pretty cool. I wonder how long you could run like a TV. Could you get through an entire like uh, NFL game? Oh yeah, easy. Okay. Yeah, that's the neat thing is you can plug it in and just run the battery and battery to to uh, plug and run your campsite or like we did today in the middle of the field run a great yep. gigantic TV. Yep. Um, or if you're in an emergency and the power went down in your neighborhood, you can plug in your uh, plug it into your house and and save your refrigerators yep. and all that kind of good stuff and just run off the gas for as long as you need to. So it's uh, it's it's really great uh, technology that we've added to uh, to the 4 by for this year. Well, well done on the uh, jail update. It's always, you know, you're always a little bit nervous when the new one comes out and yep. hope that uh, it's everything the enthusiast wants. And, you know, as I've said before, is if you make the car for the enthusiast, everybody else will come because they're going to make it cool. Now, we know Gladiator shares the same platform. Will there be Gladiator news at some point this year? Yeah, I'll tell you when it comes. <laughs> just, just draw the date. Well, it is uh, a truck show, so I have to ask about the pickup truck. Yeah, and, and you know what? It makes a lot of sense because it's you know valuable question. I think a couple of uh, a couple times they've been spotted out in the uh, in the real world <laughs> testing. So you've seen a spy photo or two with yeah. that new grill on it. Yeah, so it's uh, 
it's reasonable to expect, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't want to tell you. Here, here's something that uh, that we're doing the cool that includes Wrangler and Gladiator okay. that I can talk about. All right. We're doing with our dealers, it's called the top-off test drive, right? So who else could do a top-off test drive? You know, we've got all of our dealers across America, you know, lining up their showrooms and in front of their uh, dealerships, taking the doors on top off their Wranglers and their Gladiators, inviting people to come in and take a, <laughs> a, a, a test drive this week with their tops off. So That's awesome. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't been to your Jeep dealer, sorry, Sam, it's like a, a, <laughs> sounds like a shameless marketing, uh, but uh, it is a little bit, uh, but we're having some fun with that, and that does include Gladiator, but uh, we love Gladiator. We love your talk show. Um, high Lightning. And uh, <laughs> hope this was uh, hope this was good enough audio for you. If it doesn't, it's just on you know normal for uh, for Holman to screw it up, right? Sorry. So, um, anyway, uh, love your guys' show. I hate that actually I'm going to be on the show again because that means I can't listen to it. Yeah, Jim uh, skips all the episodes he's on. I can't stand listening to myself. Uh, but well, love sure you guys. You did, you did a good job. So love you guys. Love your new. Uh, Hotel in the back of the yard with their uh, the pod shed going. The, new, yep. uh, the pod shed. Yep. That's uh, that's awesome. But more importantly, I love how you educate the uh, uh, the consumers out there, and and uh, I like how you guys know more about this business than anybody. So keep sharing that good word with uh, uh, with the real world, and and really appreciate everything you guys do. As always, I appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to uh, more Jeep adventures soon. Good stuff. Thank you. Dang, we Jim Morrison! Little, little shout out from uh, Jim Morrison, head of uh, Jeep North America. So he actually does listen to the show, and uh, give you know little uh, little ribbing toward me for lightning. So there you go. <laughs> well, that was super cool. Thank you, Jim, for sharing uh, the twenty four Wrangler with Mister Holman. And apparently, there's some embargoed content that we hope to hear at some point soon. <laughs> Embargo. Yeah, I think it's safe to say the Gladiator news is coming. I think it'll be similar to uh, to what you heard here. Uh, Four by Shmi? Uh, I would just say Gladiator info is coming, and I would also say that if you want a diesel, you buy it now. Oh, no. So I would, no, I would no, say now no, is your chance. No. Like, literally now. Do no, it so what you're now. saying is sell all the bank's Derringer mm-hmm. tuners for the EcoDiesels mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're listening to this right now and you're on the fence, uh, obviously Wrangler production stopped uh, EcoDiesel in January, I believe. There's still some on dealer lots, and they're still making Gladiator for 23. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would caution you to go buy that 23 if that's the drivetrain that you covet. Also, 392. If, if that's the drivetrain you covet in a uh, Wrangler, you should also oh uh, my lord get another year of that. Really, another year of that. So, I could post this on social that say buy your Gladiator soon I th- with a with a with an eco diesel because it's it's, I, it's coming to a nope. I would not say the that. candle is about to be snuffed. No, I would not say that. I would just say that reading the tea leaves, we think that you should uh, probably buy that vehicle if that's what you want. I think what we're saying not, is the listen, same thing. Uh, yeah, but you're making it sound like you have definitive information, which sounds like it came from me, which is not the point I'm making here. I, I'm not even with Holman. I don't know who Holman uh-huh. is, nor do I do a podcast with him. Yeah. I heard nope. from the tea leaves, whatever those are, listen. that that uh, the Eco Diesel is being discontinued mm, in the Gladiator. N- that's not what I said. That's not what I said at Jim all. Jim Morrison told me no, on the phone last no, night. stop. Stop. <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't disrespect our guests like that. What's, I'm what kidding. Is wrong with Come you? on now, Jim. What is wrong with you? See, Jim, this is why we uh, we you don't can't, do you interviews. Can't have nice things with, with lightning. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, listen, I'm not telling you that I know for sure, but I'm not stupid either. Listen, we've been talking about it for two years. I'm just saying. I mean, we it, knew it, that the Eco Diesel wasn't going to last in the Gladiator forever, especially when they canceled the JL. Like, I'm, why would they continue right. it in the Gladiator? It didn't make any sense. I'm just saying. If you like it, it's available now. Go get one. Take advantage That's of it. Not, take advantage of it. It's a great freaking the, engine. The opportunity it presents itself now. I've never met anyone with a Wrangler or Gladiator with an Eco Diesel that hasn't loved it. Yep. That is uh, that is indeed. I was fact. surrounded by fifty or more of them at uh, Brewery X in Anaheim just two weeks ago. See, there you go. I'm saying. All right, do we have some uh, truck news? We do. All right. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! That was cool. The linger was nice. Yeah, that was neat. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? How about no? Nope. You did not hear. I don't think so. Uh, the 2024 Ford F 150 Raptor R was caught again. I know we just talked about it a couple episodes ago, and we said, oh, it's got a new grill. What does that mean? But it also appears to have other bits. Uh, not only does it have a refreshed grill, which will uh, tie into the upcoming F-150 freshening that's on the way. It's got a, a new wheel uh, package on it. It's got some new graphics on it. It's got new taillights on it. But most importantly is if you peek into the wheel well, it would appear that the Fox live valve shocks now have two solenoids. And we were just talking about how the TRX is uh, a vehicle that has damping that's adjustable on both the compression and rebound circuit, mm-hmm. while the F-150, I thought the Raptor R should have had a shock upgrade, which it did not get over the standard Raptor, and that it should have also had rebound damping. And now it appears that the 2024 Raptor R may be getting that uh, that exact upgrade. Does it have a, uh, when you say solenoid, does it have a block attached to? Yeah. The, okay. You can, it's got a solenoid attached to where the live valve one is currently. It has one uh, right on top of it. So uh, I'm assuming that that's what that is. I, I don't know, but uh, it looks like it is getting a, uh, a suspension technology update that is uh, more in line with the powertrain that's being offered in that, ve- that vehicle. And I have no idea if it's going to be seen, uh, offered on lesser Raptors because I haven't seen spy photos of lesser Raptors. But uh, to me, it's, it would appear that the suspension is befitting the powertrain. Oh, that's, that's uh, exciting, I think. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. Nope. All right, so the uh, Ram Rampage, which is the uh, little Brazilian unibody Ram that's kind of like Ford Maverick size that we've been talking about lately, uh, more information continues to come out, and rumors still keep persisting that it'll be sold here in the U.S. So that would be awesome because they have the best taillights I've ever seen with the American flag baked right in. Well, the the Rebel version of it does. Now, so we get a, uh, a new look at some fresh trims, the RT and the Laramie, and we find out a little bit more about its sizes. So the Ram Rampage is about 198 inches in length, 70 inches in height, and 72 inches wide. It's in the same ballpark as we just said of the Maverick, which is 200 inches long and 68 inches tall. It looks just like a current Ram 1500 DT, uh, at least in the front. So they're definitely going after the American styling, which is another clue that's probably coming here, in addition to the uh, the, the American flag taillights that Lightning likes. 
And it sounds like there's getting a, a whole bunch of different drivetrains down there. There's going to be the 2-liter turbo diesel with 168 horsepower, 279 pound-feet of torque. Guessing it'll be a 26, 30 miles per gallon, something like that. But it's probably also going to be 0 to 60 in a lot of seconds. <laughs> so, But one of the things that we like is um, there's the 2-liter turbocharged gas engine, which is the global medium engine or the Hurricane four cylinder, which is familiar to us here in mm-hmm. the uh, in the Jeeps, in the uh, Grand Cherokee, the four by E's, the Wrangler um, non plug in hybrid, that ups the output to two hundred sixty eight horsepower and two hundred ninety four pound feet of torque, and uh, will still deliver fuel economy somewhere in the low twenties, and uh, shaves the zero to sixty two time because we're talking about kilometers hundred right zero to hundred. Uh, by four full seconds over the diesel. Oh, four? <laughs> four. Four. <laughs> so I'm guessing that uh, that's actually going to be the engine that we get here. But when you look yeah. at the interior... Um, Americans will not put up with... What was the first one? 168 horsepower? No, that's not bad. I mean, it's not a big vehicle. I mean, well, that's a Honda Civic from the 80s. You know what I'm saying? No, a Honda Civic from the 80s was 98 <laughs> know, horsepower. So. I'm just saying, like, that's just not okay. Well, what's Maverick. What's Maverick horsepower? Uh, 250 for the non-hybrid, and the hybrid is somewhere around 200, maybe. But I, I I, again, anything under 200 horsepower, no bueno in America. Uh-uh. Uh, I don't know uh-uh. about that. No, it depends on the weight. They're still heavy. Even though for a mid-sized truck, it's still heavy. That's just not good. It won't get out of its own way, and especially you got to tow anything. All right, so I put up on the screen for lightning to see the interior, which is Whoa. pretty darn nice for a little pickup. Wow. That is great. I love the uh, landscape screen. That's an attractive little truck. So the uh, diesel has a payload of 2,237 pounds. That's right. 2,237 payload on a unibody little truck. No way. Yeah. No way. You got to remember, those no are their way. half tons down there. No, yep. no, no, not even uh, possible. The gas You're mo- not wrong. You're mm-hmm. just maybe less... Then right. The gas well, models are 1,653, which is still more than- What did you than say the payload was again? 2,237 or 1,015 kilograms. No. That ain't true! Nope. That's not true! So get your facts straight. That's right. All right, so the gas again is uh, 750 kilograms, which is uh, 1,653. Um, and uh, tow rating on other vehicles on that chassis are 2,000 pounds, but I would expect this to be- more than uh, that on the rampages, and all the rampages are standard all-wheel drive with the nine-speed uh, transmission. So, anyway, here's a couple more photos of the different trims. Um, the RT. It looks Larry. a little plasticky. I'm not. It's gonna a lie. cheap truck, dude. But it's great. It's it's two right seconds there. ago you just saw it and you went, "Whoa, that no, looks great!" Well, you just did a zoom in. You just did a zoom in. I, I, I see a close-up. But look, dude, that you would—that is a—I would, yeah, I'd buy that. I know that's bitching. It's great. I don't I'm know. I'm just saying it's a little plastic. It's not you know seventy thousand dollars. It's all gravy, what do you dude. I'm into it. To it. Be? Yeah, I, I'm okay. I just I can love something that I don't love. That's <laughs> weird. So let me let me rephrase. Doesn't make any sense at all. Sometimes I'm okay if it's not top line. You know, so I'm like, oh, it's never. Plastic-y, but I can Are live you with okay? That. No, but I I could. Like I love. We, at first we hated the Maverick. Then we came around. Now we like the Maverick. I didn't hate the Maverick. Well. I wanted to hate the Maverick, and but I we just couldn't, couldn't bring myself well, to yeah. hate it. So then I was there with you, and then and we I, came around on the Maverick. We began to love it. I can't hate this either. I think I, I cannot think it's hate cool. that. Yeah. I mean, there you go. There's the rear view with the little American flag, uh, you know, uh, icon in That's the tail. That's a good-looking truck. It's I a great-looking truck. I, I do not like the fact Listen, that at least this it's one- It's not a truck. It's a sport utility truck. It's thank like, you. It's a Maverick and a Santa Cruz, blah, 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 yeah, That's exactly right. So it's a truck light. So listen, but it's I so cool. love with the- uh the color matched 
fender flares. Yep. That is a good look. But when when you scroll down and they have the like the worst thing they did with the Subaru WRX, the new one, they made like black because that's the fender SUV. flares. Yeah, that's how all the vehicles are. Stop it. Color match those suckers. My my father, who's like eighty, uh-huh. color matched the fender flares okay. on his Bronco Sport. It looks so much better. Yeah, this but if my... you go off roading, you don't want color match. No, fender I get flares. that, but well, maybe you do. No, you don't because they're gonna get chewed up. I know. And that's have you why seen they my do Wrangler that. from off roading? Yeah, like, they're chewed up. You, yeah, you got to have the plastic there. Yeah. And then some guy named Lighty's going, oh, that's super functional, but it's really plasticky. Yeah, yeah it's supposed to be. I know. <sighs> I love street trucks, but I want okay. to take them off-road. They don't, right, don't jive. Did you hear? No, wait. Nope. Can't I just have it all, Holman? No. Do you know, you know what the saying is? You can have anything you want. You just can't have everything you want. Yeah. Yeah, sadly. Uh, rumor has it that a Ford Maverick that is focused on street performance might be uh, in store for Maverick buyers from Ford. And so Ford had some uh, performance Mavericks at SEMA, uh, I guess a couple years ago, and the rumors have persisted that there's going to be a sporty version coming from the factory. That would be smart. Uh, it may be an ST version. I know that's kind of Ford's you know, step-up performance line, mm-hmm. but uh, ST Maverick could be kind of cool. Lowered with some decent wheels and tires, and Maybe the 2.3 EcoBoost, which makes 270 horsepower and 310 pound-feet of torque. That's in the uh, Ranger. That might drop in. But in the Focus RS, that engine made 345 horsepower once. So that engine once made uh, 345 horsepower in the Euro market Focus RS. So there's room. I don't know that it would make it here, but could you imagine a Maverick with 300 horsepower? All-wheel drive, slam, wheel-tire package? <laughs> you don't Brad? have to ask me twice. I mean, that could be really freaking cool. So Bagged on the ground. I'm just saying, people are still talking, and they've been talking for a while, and it hasn't gone away. So for all of you folks out there who are like, you know what, a little Maverick with some balls could be cool? Uh, I'm telling you, but don't give up hope. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Nope, I don't think so. All right, so uh, Ford has announced that they are going to take on Dakar this January with Ranger. I don't think it'll be anything that you would expect in the production world. It's certainly not going to be off-the-shelf Ranger Raptor like uh, what Brad Lovell just uh, won with down in Australia. Is that the truck? That's uh, that's, badass. That's that's the American version of the truck. So he was, uh, I think it was an Australian version. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He just won down in Australia. So the last show or two shows ago when we talked about it, I said I was going to reach out to Brad because I know him. I'm like, hey, so I hit him up. I said, dude, when you return from the Outback, want to come on the podcast and talk about your racing and the Ranger Raptor? Let me guess he said F off. He responds, yeah, we will do. I get back at the end of the month. Let's do it. Oh, great. Yeah, so we're going to have uh, Brad Lovell, who is a uh, damn fine uh, truck off-road race driver, come on the show. Outstanding. That'd be pretty cool, right? Yeah. We'll connect with him at the uh, at the end of the month and see if we can't get uh, you guys some content from what it was like to race a production vehicle down in Australia. Speaking of off-road racing and trophy trucks, our friend Banana Ron texted me. Uh-huh. He said, hey, do you know who I can call to go for a ride in a trophy truck? It's on my bucket list. Uh-huh. He's just checking stuff off his bucket list now. <laughs> he told me, he told me, uh, hey, if you and Holman want to bring your wives down and uh, go in the hot air balloon that I'm going to jump out of, <laughs> he says, it's 180 bucks. I've got two <laughs> spots or a couple of spots for you. That is a, go, that's a weird proposition. And I said, I don't know if I'm comfortable seeing you die. <laughs> yeah. But he also said, can you, in the same thread, he <laughs> says, can you hook me up with someone with a trophy truck? Because it's on my bucket list. Uh, 
Yeah, that's a hard one. It took me 25 years to get into a trophy truck. I know. (sighs) But you're also not a YouTuber, so maybe it would be good for like, you know, an Arciero or someone like that, right? I don't know. And we still have to play that audio, but we had some audio issues and I got to, I got I basically have to fix the audio and I haven't had time. I don't know that it can be fixed. I've heard it. It's awful. You have not heard it. Yeah, you played it. It was on your phone or something. No, no, no. You have not. No, you've never heard that audio. Hmm. No, never. How bad can it be? No, it's not. It's not bad. Um, there's a chunk of it because the recorder was starting and stopping every ten seconds. So there's seventy thousand f- files that I have to string together into oh, one coherent oh dear thing. God, yeah, and that's the only reason we have. It's gonna done. be full of clicks and pops. No, it's it seems okay. Uh, it's just uh, anyway, uh, the recorder completely had a meltdown when I was interviewing Ryan. But halfway through the interview, I started recording them on my phone too, so I have the back half of the interview. So I, I just it's a matter of sitting down. I hope you don't think Mr. Lightning's going to edit that together. It's been 6 months. Have I asked you Whew. once for that? Uh, I'm dodging that bullet. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, <laughs> hey, uh Holman, have you heard? Uh yeah, probably. That 2016 Toyota Tacoma TRD off-road double cab 4x4 with the 6.2 LS8 V8 swap. Yeah, is it finally sold? It sold. Yeah, and I wanted you to guess how much do you think it went for? 299. That's freaking close. Yeah. Twenty-seven five. Uh, price is right rules. I lose though, dude. Only twenty-six bids. You know what's funny is that like, what's truck, up with that? If that truck was stock, it would have sold for thirty-five. I think you're all, right. All day long. So I know this is not truck related, but I have to talk about this. Oh jeez. Because it broke the internet this last week. Uh-huh. There's a two. Were you twerking again? Was I twerking? <laughs> I'm just wondering. <laughs> no. Okay. No one wants to see me twerk. Well, that's why I was wondering. If that's why the internet broke. No. The only thing that would break would be uh, the chair I'm leaning on as I twerked. A 2008 Volkswagen R32 Scirocco conversion was up on, well, it's still, as I'm reading this, it's up on Cars and Bids. It's since closed. It's got a 565 horsepower engine in it. All the Volkswagen geeks are going bonkers. HPE dropped a whole conversion kit in it, and it's for sale. And as of the time I'm reading this to you, the bid is already at $55,000. I mean, that's two of those Tacomas almost. That's nuts. 27 bids as of the time I'm reading this. $55,000. It's gonna. This is going to be... What is it again? This is a 2008 Volkswagen R32 Scirocco. Mm-hmm. Do you recall that Scirocco's were so huge they in the States? They were the thing to have, man. Holy mackerel. And then they disappeared. I had a friend in high school who had a Scirocco. And so they, I guess, I didn't even know until And then the Corrado VR6 came out, which the was Corrado, badass. Because yeah. Because it had the VR6 and the little wing that came up. So like the, people lust after, young people love, mm-hmm. lust after the R32s. This is the R32 in a Scirocco. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I'd be curious to see what it finally goes for. A lot. Mm-hmm. And that's your Volkswagen Scirocco talk. You email. Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. All right, uh. Pull your gaze up to the uh, studio TV here. Got this one from Cameron Street, and he says, G'day, Coleman and Lightforce, which is neither <laughs> of our names, but he did put Coleman before Lightforce. So. Coleman and Lightforce. Sorry for the long one incoming. Cameron here from Brisbane, Australia. So should I do an Australian voice? Uh, you should do an Australian voice, but I got to let people know. Uh, strap in. This is a long one. It's not a knife. It's a knife. 
That's it? That's it. That's all I can do. How about them tackleberries? He says, been a long-time listener with the odd Instagram comment and message. He is PubeFace on Instagram, which you'll recall. PubeFace? Yeah, he's, uh, he's, I see him lurking around all the time. Yeah. He says, uh, I think I discovered you guys around episode 50, backtracked and caught up pretty quickly. You hate when I do these kind of accents. <laughs> no, Don't, you mine's bad stop. too, yeah. but it's still funny. Uh, back when I used to be a sandblaster, so thanks for keeping me amused during those uh, mind-numbing days. He says, I now spray Wait, paint- is that a, Is that a euphemism? Sandblaster? No, I don't think so. Okay. Although Australians do have funny senses of humor. You know, I have a, a natural a fascination yes. and love for Australians. Yes. Never met an Aussie I didn't uh, fall in love with immediately. They are so awesome. Everything about them. They just, they headbutt Sheila's and they, they guzzle beer and they punch kangaroos in the face and I just love everything about it. <laughs> If I could go somewhere else- They all else, punch kangaroos in the face. I've seen the videos <laughs> on YouTube. If I had Is one- Is that a rite of passage? Listen, if there's one place I would go in this world, if I had to leave, it would be Australia. That's I mean, where you would live. They wouldn't take me, but I would go there. Their immigration's tough. I don't know if I would make it. Anyway, so he says, uh, I now spray paint Toyota Land Cruisers that get the rear section cut off and turned into dual cab utes with chassis extensions to suit GVM upgrades. I've attached images, along with other images attached to my last few 4x4s, which were my D22 Navara with a small lift and Muddies. Love that, Muddies. Nothing special. My GU4 Nissan Patrol with a straight six turbo diesel called a TD42, also known as a kettle. Here, as they always overheated. <laughs> I love that. And I also converted it to auto as they never came in auto so my wife could drive it on the days I wanted more than a couple of beers. Smart man. See, I told you they drink a lot of beer. It's great. Guzzle. After that uh, was my Holden Colorado with the trusty 4JJ1 motor, which was tuned to 200 horsepower, which is nothing when some guys up here in Thailand get them above 500. Pretty reasonable for a four-cylinder diesel. It had the usual Red Art gear and Dometic fridge and the alloy canopy, mostly set up for beach driving and camping. And lastly was my 105 Series Solid Axle Land Cruiser. By the way, I love 100 Series from Australia because in the freaking United States, our Land Cruiser 100 Series had IFS, and they still freaking made them with solid axle the way God intended in the world down under, damn it. So that's for you, pew face. You gotta break that freaking bell, dude. Relax you on that. You and your 105 with your solid axle. It's so awesome. Anyway, uh, with the petrol straight six motor, just had a basic dual battery set to run my fridge, but very off road capable. All have been long sold to fund the usual buying a house dream, but now in the market again. So can't wait on the next one. And to the title of this email is my friend's NP300 Navara. Taken through the window of his house as it is a thousand bucks and a four point fine if you touch your phone in the car while driving here. So I guess he's saying no uh, no photos while driving. Gotcha. So, uh, I don't know if that's uh, if we allow for international uh, circumvention of the rules or not, but we'll we'll have to discuss. I will. Yeah, I want our stickers right. in uh, Australia. Australia. Of course. He says, uh, it's set up with an alloy smart cap canopy with a rooftop tent and all the other usual mods like dual battery, 100 liter fridge, recovery gear, compressor, lift, bull bar, winch. And just like most of the guys you talk to, I've also owned a few mini trucks and one day I'd like to build one up again. So hopefully I can snag a couple of those mysterious stickers and perhaps some Banks ones for my toolbox. Until next time, OGME, oh, yeah, buddy, and five stars. Yeah, buddy. Five star review! Five stars! Oh, I love me some Australians, Lightning. Yeah, I can tell. I love them a lot. So he's got a couple of photos of the trucks on the beach, which is super cool. We don't get to do that here. So where he sees... That's not true. Well, I guess Pismo. our place like... Yeah, Pismo. Oregon. Florida, I suppose. Florida. 
Florida. So yeah. check this out. Yeah. Look at that. Land Cruiser with the back half cut off and a basically ready for a tray bed to make like a crew cab Land Cruiser. Pretty cool. <laughs> that looks weird. It does look weird. It looks but it's weird. It's still chopped off. That Love looks it. like it's Photoshop. Look at the uh, Navara. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice look right there with a snorkel on it. Uh, all of it. Look at that. Look at that's the hold in Colorado right there. Yeah, that's a good look beach. right there. Look at hundred series with a with the uh, solid front axle. These are just why do they why do they look Australian? And look, it looks like they have uh, because Australian uh, laws don't let you. What's lift up them with the mirrors? Does that look like a GM heavy duty aftermarket mirror? Right? It is. That's got to be. Yeah, that's a GM mirror. It, it has like, to be right. There you go. There you go. There's the uh, the newer Navara right there. There it is. All right. That's yeah, cool. I'll send you some stickers. We. Yeah, uh, he's worth it. That's, that's I, cool. he, he filled up the uh, the inbox with goodness. What's his name again? Well, Lightning, he goes by pube face on Instagram, but his real name's Cameron Street. Thank you, Cameron. Stickers uh, will be there in about uh, six weeks. And sorry for torching your uh, accent. We're ugly Americans, we know. This one's from Blake Pritchett. He emails uh, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com. Yo, Lightning, I figured I'd tell you about my code brown story no not another one yes okay as background i had just finished working at a site in west texas and i was hungry so i went to the closest town the town quote unquote was called orla and they have two gas stations so i got a slice of gas station pizza that's how it always starts i then started my three hour drive back home and i'm about 30 minutes in and my stomach starts making an awful gargling noise uh, you can uh, uh, cross-check this with Ken Brubaker. He and I were driving across Montana once. I also got gas station pizza. I took two bites, realized it was death, and at about 60 miles an hour, I threw it out the window like a Frisbee, and we watched it sail into a rancher's field for like 50 yards. And I went, well, that's a good idea because <laughs> I can't imagine that pizza that would fly 50 yards would be good for your insides. That's like a Frisbee. I then noticed I'm in the desert of New Mexico, so I had to use the space between an open door and the floorboard as a seat. Oh. So thankfully, I made it to a makeshift bathroom. Needless to say, I haven't ate the gas station pizza since, and I don't see myself doing that ever again. Five stars and mounter those parameters. Five star review! Five stars! Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. So what you're saying is uh, he learned his lesson, unlike us. Yeah. All right, got this one from uh, Jonathan Albrecht. Says, faster than lightning. Uh, okay. Just finished listening to the discussion on the Silverado on 40s going 137 miles an hour, the stock 5.3. That was a, was that an email we read? No, no, that was me interviewing a guy at oh, that's Florida right. Truck that's Meet. Right, Remember yeah. the big yeah, lifted yeah, truck yeah, with a yeah, 5.3? Yeah. And we kept saying that's there's no yeah, way that's no possible. Way. All right, so this is Jonathan's story. He goes, I've got a true story. 25 years ago, me and two buddies drove nonstop from North Idaho to Phoenix by way of Moab, Utah. 1987 Forerunner with a 7-inch lift, 22 RE stock gears, running 30-inch road trip tires, and packed to the roof with three disassembled bikes, camping gear, and supplies for the week. After a midnight stop for quote-unquote dinner, it was my friend's turn to drive while he slept in the passenger seat. I remembered as I drifted off to sleep the crazed look on my buddy's face, his engorged forehead vein, and thinking... He sure had a lot of iced tea. Somewhere out in the middle of the desert at 2 a.m., I wake up to my friend swatting at me. Crazed look still there. Forehead vein still raised. The forerunner is shaking and screaming near red line and forth. I see the speedo needle buried. 105, 110, almost touching the trip reset button. In any case, pretty sure we are going down a very, very long, very steep grade out in BFE. I think, 
Oh, well, that's nice. Okay, back to sleep. Next day, my friend was all excited that we went over 100 miles an hour in a Toyota. I had no idea what he was talking about until a few days later, I just suddenly remembered that it happened. I suppose improbable speeds are possible in the right situations, or maybe it was just a dream. Jonathan. You're a lying sack of s***. Yeah. I mean, didn't happen. I'm, I can see that downhill. Yeah, yeah, things, I mean, yeah that, that, that probably did happen. At least he said it was 100 and not 137. No, my guy was, the one I interviewed was totally yeah. smoking yeah. crack. There's yeah, no there's way. no way that that happened. Yeah. This is from uh, Caleb. Uh, he says, hey, my name is Caleb, and this is my local engine plant. Just thought I'd share it with you. And it's a close-up of uh, a few people all wearing suits, half moon around an engine. And the caption is, congratulations, Cummins Incorporated, for the five millionth engine produced at the Rocky Mountain Engine Plant. Here's the five million more. That is freaking awesome. Yeah, I uh, Holman has been lucky enough to tour the Cummins Engine Plant. I hope to do so someday. I went to the one out in Columbus, Indiana, in the uh, the home of Cummins. And I've also been, I've been to a couple different plants. Uh, it's, it's fascinating. We should have Steve from Cummins back on. It's been forever. It has been forever. So I, I was very fortunate last summer. I went to the Duramax plant in Moraine, Ohio, and actually the new Brookville plant that we, we talked about in the last episode. It was amazing. And I would, I, I, if we ever have the opportunity to go tour another plant, dude, we have that one guy at the Ford plant where they build Super Duties. One yeah. of our listeners builds Super Duties. Bro, yeah, reach know. out, please. That's Matt. Yeah, Matt. Okay, Hoffman. Yeah, Matt. Please, hello. This guy raising his hand. And I'm sure, I will I'm fly sure we have others to, uh, too. Yeah. Oh, fly out to see ya. All right, I uh, got this last one here from Garrett Daniels. It says Cummins advice. He says lightning whirler and whole set. Okay. okay getting weird. I was surfing the bank's website, making my list of upgrades for the 12 valve Cummins. I'm putting into a 58 Dodge C500 service truck. And I couldn't help but notice that Banks does not seem to sell an exhaust manifold. Did I just miss it on the website? If Banks doesn't sell an exhaust manifold for the 5.9, whose manifold is the best upgrader? Should I even worry about it? I'm not trying to go for ridiculous power numbers, but I do plan to be in the 400 to 500 horsepower range with this engine. I was fortunate to find a Cherry 12 valve from a bus that has only 60,000 miles on it, and it even has the factory air compressor that I will need to operate the 9-speed Eaton that's going behind the Cummins. I've attached some pics of the truck as it sits. I plan to put it in service with a welding service bed by the end of summer. Thanks. Garrett Daniels, owner of R&D Fab Works out of uh, Crittenden, Kentucky. And, uh, yeah, that's a cool-looking old truck, man. I'd love to see a, that thing finished with the welding bed on it. Yeah, that's going to be that's amazing. Way cool. Uh, so, no, you didn't get that wrong. Actually, Banks does not offer. We did back in the day. It's been discontinued. We don't have an exhaust manifold for the 12-valve. We do have an intake manifold, which is still a really good seller. It's called the Twin Ram. It provides really even distribution across all cylinders. So that's the Twin Ram. And if you're interested in uh, in the hookup, hit at uh, LBC Lightning on the gram, and I'll, uh, I'll help you out with that. As far as an exhaust manifold, I would reach out to our friends at Fleece Performance. That's Braden and his crew. They've got a great Cummins three-piece pulse flow exhaust manifold uh, that mounts to a T4 turbo flange. So if that sounds like it might work, you can hit up fleeceperformance.com. And the last email comes from Gregory Vanderpoel. Hey, Lightning at Home, and I saw this Nissan Frontier today coming home from Fremont, California. I'm sending it in as part of the hashtag Frontier Spotting thing. Here's my address. And he lives in uh, Nevada City, California. So I'm going to send you some stickers. That is a rad Pro 4X. It's got a bed rack, maybe an early Lightner rack. That that is that's uh, that's very cool. So thanks for sending that in. If you guys uh, want to contribute to the 
hashtag Frontier Spotting campaign where you get some free stickers from yours truly. All you got to do is take a picture of a Frontier from inside the cab of your truck and send it to us. Lightning at truckshowpodcast.com or get it to us any way you want and we will send you stickers as long as you give us your mailing address. All right, so uh, before we end the show, I just wanted to uh, talk about my new iDash and Pedal Monster. So. Ah, and the 392. 392, yeah. Okay. So uh, I know we, we've, we've pimped them on the show. I've had an iDash in the, uh, the old Jeep, and uh, I was like, you know, hey, Lightning, I want to do a better job of monitoring my... Uh, Parameters? Uh, my temps. And uh, <laughs> on the Jeep, so I've got the 8.4 Uconnect, and when you go to off-road pages or the screen, you have a bunch of temps that go over the five gauges show up there. But it covers up your map or it covers up your, you know, entertainment or whatever. So it's one screen at a time. So I was trying to look for a way, like in my old 20 Jeep that had the supercharger, I was looking for a way to keep my eye on the temperatures and how, you know, everything's doing because summer's coming up. And I haven't taken that Jeep off-roading in the desert heat yet. And so that's one of the ways I'm prepping for summer season because I'm going to have to go do some pre-runs on the trail is to have a better idea of how hot it's getting. So I thought the iDash was going to be perfect. So just so happened that you guys have developed a new stealth pod that will be coming out soon. It's not mm-hmm. available yet for the Wrangler. That- oh, we just got our first set of samples in. So they're, we're getting really close. Are they good? Well, you had the 3D printed carbon yep. fiber one. Yep. But we've got our production samples. Which was a perfect fit, by they the way. They look identical to yours, but they've got a little more weight there. So that carbon fiber is kind of a light material, mm-hmm. as carbon fiber is. These ones I like because they're, I don't want to call them dense. Well, yeah, they are. They're more dense. They feel more yeah. solid. Uh, anyway, I'm going off too much so, about so, the, the, so the, the mount, but they're You cool. guys are going to offer, so on Wranglers and Gladiators, people use the the hardware at the top or bottom of the A-pillar handle for you know, mounts and balls and things like that. So my bottom one has a ball, but my top mount was open. So that was the perfect place for the iDash. But you're also going to make gauge pods for the bottom for people who have stuff on the top. Correct. So you'll be able to go either way. I like it because it's right in the line of sight, but it allows you to use your sun visor, which the competing product does not allow you to do. It's completely out of the way, and it's completely in line. It's a 52-millimeter gauge. It's completely in line with the A-pillar. So you doesn't block anything. It's exactly where you need it. Did you feel like it was always in the corner of your eye where... Did you have to, like, shift your focus, no, or was it a, comfortable? No, it's exactly where I wanted it to be. Okay, good. It's 100% exactly where I wanted it to be. So you brought over an iDash, uh, Data Monster. You brought over the new uh, Stealth Pod. But you also brought over a Pedal Monster. And I was like, I don't need the Pedal Monster. You're like, you're just put it on. If you don't like it, take it off. And so You're like, like most of the guys, like, I have a 6.4. What yeah, do I need it for? You know what but, I mean? But it is a little bit lazy and wooden around town. Like, you know, you can hit Off-Road Plus, and it makes it come alive and changes the pedal algorithm. But it also does other things, like makes it shift different and makes it more growly and pops and bangs and makes all sorts of cool noises on D-Cell, which is great. But sometimes I just want the pedal response, and I don't want all the other attention-grabbing things. Oh, so I never thought about that. When you get the more aggressive pedal... You get everything else. You get everything else. So hmm. I instantly, uh, after installing it, I, I buttoned it up and I went and played around with it. And I was like, City 5. And so there's three modes. There's City, there's there's um, Sport. We call, it, we call them environments. Oh, I'm sorry. Environments. City, city, city sport, sport, and, and track. track. Yeah. So I did City 5 and I was like, this is a little bit, you know, spicier. And, and I did, you know... Um, Sport 5, and I thought, well, this is awfully aggressive because it's wanting to bury the entire rear of the Jeep <laughs> against the rear axle uh-huh. on acceleration. And then I thought, well, for shits and giggles, I'm going to do like track 8. And it was completely <laughs> freaking undrivable. And it was like, 
I was like, holy cheese. So I'm like, well, I think I texted you. I'm like, well, track's undrivable. And you're yeah. like, yeah, we haven't really found a vehicle other than an eco diesel that can really take advantage of track. Isn't that so funny? No, that, isn't it wild how vehicles are so no. different? Oh. Like yours, track is unusable in yeah. yours. And in most track is just too aggressive yeah but an eco diesel ram you, need you have to roll in track five oh. to track eight oh. that's the only way to get all rid I of that pedal lag you, it's just so awful in tra- this truck track eight and a 392 wants to do wheelies i mean it's just like <laughs> like you're pulling away from a stoplight uh-huh in regular traffic you're go the speed limit on the street's 35 and you're like i'm just gonna accelerate to 35 slowly with this guy next to me and no you're and all not. of a sudden you're doing a wheelie in your jeep going <laughs> and you're looking at the sky so that ended up being a little bit too much. So somewhere around city five or eight has been a nice nice compromise where it's a little less wooden off the line, a little bit more assertive. I actually didn't like sport for most driving okay. just because like downshifting was way too aggressive and fast on the freeway, right? If I'm going you know, 60, I go to pass somebody, I barely tip in and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's... that's. A, so are a you bit. getting most out of the mid-range of the pedal? Because that's where we spent, like Jeff Lee and the guys that you know in engineering... They spent most of their attention developing the maps, the pedal maps, in the mid-range of the pedal, the middle third. Yeah, the, but that's not where the 392 really needs it. The 392 needs well, most, it right off idle. Most cars do, though. Yeah. Most trucks do. But I'm saying on the 392, it needs it off idle. It has so much torque. Once it's rolling, that thing is just on the boil. And so it's that's where the aggressiveness can be too much on that one because I think the mid-range from the factory is not bad. But I liked having it bumped up for a little more sporty response off the line, just so you know, merging or or coming from a stop or rolling, you know, coming up in the light turns green as you're rolling up to a red and you just dial back into it. It's a lot more responsive for that stuff. So it makes it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, so I, it's, I'm, it's still play, I'm still playing with it. I, it's interesting because you you wanted the tip in. I want the tip right? in. But a lot of other vehicles, trucks, like I'll give you a great example. The older generation Nissan Frontier, it's all tip in. Yeah. Right. So they needed it in the mid range. Yeah. So the guys are like, well, I don't want any added sensitivity early in the pedal. It's too off, sensitive. Yeah. So they're like, I, I can't use this. I go, ah, on contraire, my frere. Mm-hmm. You go into the menu, which you probably haven't done yet. So you go what to is the that men- French for, Lightning? I have no idea. <laughs> Just checking. I have no idea. This is, it sounds funny. <laughs> on contraire, my frere. I have no you clue. You probably didn't even say it right. No, I'm sure I botched it. Say that in Australian. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> so you go into the app and you open up the menu and you go to speed-based trim. And if you set it to high pedal monster will not add any sensitivity until you exceed 10 miles per hour so that's perfect for the guys that don't want any sensitivity off the line and they want it all when they're rolling and they're in mid-pedal it's also great for sand snow towing etc where you don't want to jerk your trailer every time you're leaving a stoplight right so you dial up the low speed trim it prevents pedal monster from adding any sensitivity and then we get to like 17 to 20 miles per hour it's rolled it all in and that's exactly where you want it you don't need that but no. it's really handy if you've got a super well, that's, duty that's that type it's thing. customizable yeah. but I, I bring it up the the, you know, the whole pedal monster i dash thing is because they plug into each other and you can control the pedal monster from the i dash which is nice and then uh different screens you have what eight different screens but there's i have one, got you got five Five, five screens. Oh, sorry, five, five screens. Five different screens up to eight parameters. Correct. So uh, there's on mine, I canceled out everything. I have two screens. One is the Pedal Monster screen where I can watch the, the graphs go up and down and do all that. The other one is the one I care about, which is I set eight parameters that I actually care about on the Jeep. So it's like oil temp, engine coolant temp, trans temp, ambient air, uh, air density, 
uh, percentage, voltage, and uh, something else. So tried to get all the temps that I could so I could m- monitor it a little easier from the driver's seat. And then uh, I haven't gone back in there. I know you can customize it with alerts and things like that, right? Yep. Yep. And you can make it glow a certain color if it gets bad. So uh, I'm going to go in and put some numbers in there for alerts just to see. Yeah, so you can – this is going to turn into like a big freaking Banks commercial. Sorry about this, guys. Like, But oh, he's he got it and he's excited about it. Uh, mins and maxes were pretty interesting too. So you can set mins and maxes. It'll record the highest something ever got and the lowest something ever got until you decide to go in and reset it. That's kind of neat too. So it's not necessarily an alert, but you're curious what's the fastest you ever drove. It'll record it. What's the highest oil pressure you ever got. It'll record it. That's kind of neat. I want to know what the highest, uh, engine temp is or the highest oil. It'll, temp, it'll right? like set that. that. Yep. Especially trans, right? Like that's something you want to take uh, take advantage of. So anyway, uh, it's been it's been cool. So I'm I'm glad to have it. I would highly recommend it, even if you don't have a turbo or a supercharger. If you're like me with a normally aspirated engine, uh, it's been great to have all that data in one place rather than having to constantly scroll through either the screens in your driver information center or on your center stack. As most manufacturers allow you to have it in both places, it's always there. You can dim it. It's off to the side. It doesn't bother me. It's exactly where I want it. And then I can use my car as I would normally, normally would with the screens how I want it for entertainment or navigation or whatever else is going on. And so it just gives you that third environment to uh, view parameters. Is this where I plug? Should I say if, uh, if they're interested in one, hit me up on the gram? Yeah, at LBC that. Lightning. Do that now. My shameless plug. Right? At LBC Lightning on the ground. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, Although it turns out if you do a uh, podcast with him, you just uh, text him as he's on his way over and say, hey, don't forget my iDash. <laughs> you don't even have to do it on the gram. Uh, but if you are looking to get a hold of us on the gram, at Sean P. Holman, at LBC Lightning, at Truck Show Podcast, you can also email us, Holman at truckshowpodcast.com, lightning at truckshowpodcast.com, or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, the five-star hotline, we want to hear from you. And send us some more Know Your Notes. It's been a while. 657-205-6105. Yeah, I want uh, some interesting trucks. Like, I don't necessarily want, like, big rigs and stuff. I, I want, like, consumer vehicles. But we'll take whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. Beggars can't be choosers. I'm just saying, but, like... If you got an old scout, Ben, I'm talking to you. If you got something interesting on your ranch that you haven't fired up in a long time and you think it's got a really cool cold start, dude, record it. Send it to us. I personally prefer when you record it on like on your iPhone at like voice notes and then attach that to an email and send it to us. That's cool because it sounds the best. But you can also leave it on the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Send it to us. All right, and don't forget to send us your events. So uh, we're coming into July now. So July 5 through 9, it's the uh, Pacific Northwest Four-Wheel Drive Association's 34th Annual Trail Jamboree. And uh, that's at Jim Sprick Park. So you can register directly from the Truck Show Podcast event page. So go to truckshowpodcast.com and uh, hit the events tab. And then also from July 14th through July 16th is... uh, the New Jersey Jeep Beach Invasion, and that's an all-ages show at uh, Wildwoods. And uh, again, you can hit the registration button and get directly to their website by jumping over to truckshowpodcast.com. Again, hit the events uh, drop down, and it'll take you right there. 
and tell us of your upcoming event. We uh, can't believe there's only two events for trucks and Jeeps in July. So uh, please hit us up. And it doesn't matter how small it is, if it's a Cars and Coffee, if it's recurring, if it's uh, some epically awesome truck show that we need to know about, shoot us the flyer, the website, the info, and uh, we'll get it up on truckshowpodcast.com. That's how most of them have ended up on this because they've uh, DM'd me. So... DM lighting or email us. It works. Listen, you know how to get a hold of us. Mm-hmm. All right, well let's uh, let's thank Nissan, our presenting sponsor. The Truck Show Podcast is proudly presented by Nissan Trucks. And if you're looking for a midsize or half ton truck, check out the Nissan Frontier or the Nissan Titan or Titan XD. The Titans have the industry's best five year, one hundred thousand mile warranty. You can build in price at NissanUSA.com or visit your local dealer. We can check out some of our favorite features, such as the Fender Audio System, Zero Gravity Seats, Spray and Bed Liner, Utilitrack Rail System, uh, Nissan Titan, and Frontier are packed full of features and all the things that you want as a truck owner. So what, you're saying accoutrement? The accoutrement that you will need. Accoutrement! And, uh, of course, you uh, you heard my firsthand impressions of my Banks iDash and Pedal Monster. So if you're uh, looking for a great way to figure out all the data that your vehicle's not telling you in one spot, the iDash is perfect for that. plugs right into your OBD2. You set it up for your vehicle, and it pulls out all sorts of information that's not generally available to you. Or it's the information that is available to you, but you have to dig through a bunch of screens. You can put it we right even, there. Dude, we even talk about the fact that you can read and clear trouble codes all you got to do is pull over to the side of the road. You got to diagnostics, vehicle, reading clear, boom, done. And also a perfect uh, complement to the iDash is the Pedal Monster. So you're looking at a patented Pedal Monster with active safety. If it ever fails, it fails and defaults to stock mode. And your pedal sensitivity is never changed in reverse. So it always knows what gear you're in. And when you're in reverse, it reverts back to your standard pedal. So you don't have a jumpy pedal when you're backing the uh, boat down the ramp so you don't show up on Qualified Captain. It's the only one that has that feature, just FYI. And you guys don't want to miss out on the huge sale that is going on until, I think, tomorrow. It's the 4th of July sale at OnX Off-Road. You go to onxmaps.com. You use the code FREEDOM30 for 30% off your OnX Maps subscription. Mega! This is the off-road map app built for adventure with a ton of key features, discovering off-road trails. You can save maps for offline use when you don't have a cell signal. You can track, save, share trips. You can use their route builder. You can find out public and private land info, customized with markups and waypoints and icons. It'll sync with CarPlay and Android Auto. And it has powerful 3D maps. Onyx Off-Road is awesome. Head to the uh, Apple App Store or over to the Google Play Store. Download on your phone. And any changes you make on one device shows up across all of your accounts. Onyx Off-Road is the app that we use for our adventures, and we highly recommend it for years. So, uh, again, that's uh, Freedom 30, and you can get yourself a big, fat discount. And if you do the Elite Tier membership, 20 different companies, 20-plus companies, where you get discounts, including a free subscription to OVR. So... All right, well, on behalf of the Truck Show Podcast and uh, Lightning myself, we'd like to wish everybody a happy, safe 4th of July. Hope you're enjoying it with your family and eating hot dogs and uh, swilling beer. I'll be on family vacation out in Catalina Island watching the uh, USC band and fireworks and uh, That's cool. all sorts of cool stuff with the uh, with the fans. I'm actually taking like, my first vacation. and This is my first like more than two days off in a row in like six months or something since, I think, Christmas. So I'm going to be out there You've enjoying it. it. You've earned it. If you happen to be on Catalina, come find me. Because uh, every time I go there, I see, like, if there's a celebrity on the island or something, you see them every day. 
Like I was there with guys. It's so small. Guy Fietti. I, I, you know, I think I saw one of the uh, South Park creators was there on another trip. And uh, so, you know, if you run by me four or five times and you go, I think that's Holman, it's probably me. So uh, just, uh, just say hi. And I'll even have uh, truck show podcast stickers with me. So come up and I'll, I'll hand you one if you happen to uh, see me in Avalon. Well, if you're hanging out on a uh, lightning's block in Long Beach, uh-huh. you'll, uh, you'll see him uh, watching kids go down the three story inflatable uh, water slide that he's rented for the for the entire block for the whole block. Where are you putting it in the middle of the street? I put it in my driveway, and it goes all the way to the street. It goes from my what do I have like a thirty foot setback or something? Probably. Right. It goes. It touches my house. Yeah. It goes all the way into the street. And which kids are going to be playing in this other than you? All of them. Oh no, it's mayhem. Is Uncle Lightning uh, having the party at his house? It's a uh, yellow and purple, and it's named Mamba after Kobe. <laughs> How's your uh, homeowner's insurance? Uh, they don't know about it. Okay, just check it. All right, uh, happy 4th, everybody. We uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And USA! 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 The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Bag up, bag up. Bag up, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Put it in reverse. Oh, Lord. Lord, Jesus. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. What the, what, what you doing, Terry? Terry, what's the what? Oh! <laughs>